0: As Coast Guard members finally collect their back pay from the five-week shutdown, the question is, how are they doing financially and emotionally? Few people are as close to the joys and sorrows of uniformed military service members than the chief petty officers. Former master chief petty officer of the Coast Guard, Charles Bowen, has some ideas, and he joins me now. Mr. Bowen, good to have you on.
1: It's great to be here, sir.
0: As the Coast Guard gets back to normal operations, I mean, for the people in uniform, they have been working this whole time, not getting paid. Many of the civilians have been furloughed. How do you get this all back together again?
1: The first thing, of course, is pay. A lot of people, uh, certainly entry-level people, work paycheck to paycheck. Uh, there's no way around it. I mean, uh, people that are prepared can kind of sneer at them. But these are entry-level people that just started in the workforce, and uh, a lot of them don't have the resources to do anything but paycheck to paycheck. So the first thing you to do is get them paid. I know that the uh, pay center worked over the weekend in fact i'm getting uh reports because i stay very closely in touch with all this that members are uh, having their pay in their bank account already some members it depends on the bank and how quickly it can be processed but uh I think some members are getting paid already.
0: All right, good. Now, the civilian people, the ashore people, many of them were furloughed, and it may be that Coast Guard could go for a few weeks without the work they do, but that gets pretty tenuous as time wore on, didn't it?
1: That's right. Everybody that was deemed non-essential was not working. But I can tell you, even from a Bollinger Shipyard standpoint, we have a contracting officer that was furloughed, and it's it's a huge problem. That person does a huge amount that the public in America probably never sees, Yet, if it stops, you start feeling the effects pretty quickly.
0: What are some of the critical requirements that the civilian and furloughed workforce does that would have caught up with it pretty soon?
1: Well, for instance, uh, in addition to pay, for instance, uh, we the Coast Guard, unlike uh, a lot of the other agencies in the Department of Homeland Security, has a fleet of ships and aircraft and boats, and when maintenance is deferred on those vessels. And those aircraft, it can create problems for months in the future and actually a huge expense because without uh, there, there, there are certain junctures that you have to do certain maintenance. And if you don't get that done, you have to go back to ground zero. You have to perform depot level maintenance from the ground up. It's a huge operation to undertake. And, uh, you know, when you're deferring all that, uh, eventually it's going to catch up with you.
0: And what about ship supply and logistics, say the food supplies and fuel and future ordering of all of that kind of stuff?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you can do some of it ahead of time. You can do some of it under emergency procurements. But... um to be honest with you, I have a, a family member who is a, uh, an engineering petty officer at one of the Coast Guard stations. Unless they were down to one boat that was still running, this is for search and rescue and law enforcement in his area. Unless they were down to one boat that was still running, they weren't able to get parts or equipment for any of that stuff. Which means that the Coast Guard pretty much grinds to a heart and there's a huge risk that there's going to be a gap in services which can mean someone's life.
0: We're speaking with Charles Bowen, retired Coast Guard Master Chief Petty Officer. And what do you think is going through the minds of those that you dealt with when you were Master Chief Petty Officer, the men and women aboard the ships doing the day-to-day, sometimes dangerous, work of the Coast Guard? What's going through their minds?
1: During the shutdown, they were, I mean, there was a lot of uncertainty. I was getting emails from, uh, I mean, there is connectivity underway now, and so I know a lot of people. I know people that were underway during this shutdown, their families are on shore. They're getting, because it's not a, a strong connection, they're only getting bits and pieces of what's happening. And uh, they're very concerned for their families. They're very concerned about whether there's going to be money in that bank account that they absolutely need to continue to pay their bills or or whatever. Now, uh, of course, the government's back on. There's a Everybody's very happy. Of course, for those that were really pinching pennies out there, I hope that they, and especially those that... Uh, took out loans. I hope that they use the money in their pay to pay off those loans and uh, don't get in trouble uh, further on by having loans and outstanding debt. That's always an issue, especially with young uh, entry-level people that uh, are not used to uh, budgeting. So they're getting their pay, and uh, that's a great thing. They're very happy.
0: Because even if they get their pay, as you said, some of them already have it in their accounts, they may have debts and different issues to pay off, which means the back pay could go very quickly before they can start building up to that little bit of cushion to live on.
1: Well, what happened is is the thousands took out loans or were uh, paid advances on their pay by uh, – there are some banks that really worked well uh, with, the, with the Coast Guard. There was a couple of them that just deposited – if you were a member of that bank or a financial institution, they just deposited your pay your net pay like you, like it wasn't cut off. And uh, they, the, the Coast Guard men and women that took out loans or were in that situation, they definitely need to pay that before they uh, pay anything else. You don't want to uh, start the new year in debt.
0: And when a crew has been through a crisis, what is the best thing that the officers can do to make it better aboard the ships? I mean, the officers were going through the same situation. They weren't getting paid either. But nevertheless, they are the officers and responsible for how the crew responds. What should officers be doing right now?
1: Well, it was difficult because uh, we all we all don't want to be even in retirement, don't want to be critical of any one branch. At least I don't. Uh, any one branch of the government talking to your Coast Guard crew and you're a a leader at whatever that command or wherever you're at. It's it's hard because, I mean, there's only so much. Hey, we're Coast Guard. We're going to get through this that you can. Uh, I mean, if that's the message day after day after day, you get message fatigue pretty quickly. If there's no new news about some breakthrough or uh, some new way of dealing with it, it's uh, it, it can get very, very tiring very quickly. And and quite frankly, whether uh, some people in this country want to hear it, a lot of these young people were in an extremist. And if they'd gone into that second pay period, which we were about to do, it would have been a really, 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 bad situation for an awful lot of people.
0: Do you think this whole episode will increase the impetus to move the coast guard back to say part of the navy or under the DOD once again as it was many many years ago?
1: Well the coast guard has only been under the navy uh twice in its history, World War 1 and World War 2. As a general course of uh of doing business, the Department of Defense, you know, is is pretty focused on defense. The Coast Guard is an amalgamation of many different agencies and uh, different things the government was doing, whether it was safety or search and rescue or uh, actually uh, the uh, vessels that were created back way back during the just after the Revolutionary War to uh, collect tariffs and taxes. So the Coast Guard is an amalgamation of all those different things. That's why we're unique. We have these niche missions. You know, I have a hard time believing that the Department of Defense uh, would, uh, after a while, really care about the uh, navigation on the western rivers or the buoy tenders that are out there taking care of those buoys. Now, we are organized as a military service. We are a military service at all times. Right now, in fact, there are people in the Middle East, Coast Guard people in the Middle East. There's been a a squadron of Coast Guard vessels that have been uh, protecting the Iraqi oil platforms uh, from the beginning of right after 9-11, they've been, they were sent over there and uh, they're not, you know, they're, they're still in the middle East doing United States missions in the middle East. And so, you know, we are a military service. However, you know, it can be debated strongly whether we should be under defense or Homeland security. Quite frankly, Homeland security is, is the better fit, but this was an option during this particular emergency because DOD had an appropriation and the Department of Homeland Security did not. And that's why we were pushing it. Defense is good to us, but Homeland Security is our home right now.
0: Charles Bowen is retired Coast Guard Master Chief Petty Officer, now with Bollinger Shipyards. Thanks so much. Thank you, sir. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.
1: This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely.